You're talking about a stadium built specifically for professional football that puts college football first when one NFL weekend a year. That's really, really, really unheard of. So that's just what I think. And the thing I found most interesting about is Kirby brought up Georgia and Florida's disadvantage in recruiting, and it has to make sense. And he and McGarity both talking about that. And now Jackson was talking about selling beer in the stadium beyond the club seats. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 177 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. We are back, and it seems like I've had to say that a lot lately when producing a new episode, but the months of April, May, and June is this podcast's off-season, so to speak. However, with SEC Media Days taking place next month and fall camp right around the corner, you can expect our frequency of shows to increase as we get closer to the 2019 college football kickoff. I'm joined today in our new podcast studio by my co-host Will Leach and Tony Waller. We didn't move studios, we relocated from a generic IKEA desk to the table that many of you saw on social media. It's a table that has 22 years of Georgia football ticket stubs decorating it. We'll discuss the significance of those and hear Tony's and Will's reaction towards the end of the show. We also cover a wide range of topics today from our feelings of the disappointing ending to the Georgia baseball season to future UGA number one overall draft picks, maybe in football, basketball, and baseball, whether or not the Georgia-Florida game will stay in Jacksonville past the 2021 season, and we answer a lot of questions that you, our listeners, submitted on Twitter. It feels good to do this whole podcast thing again. I think you'll be able to tell in all three of our reactions during the show. Hope you enjoy the show, and here's Tony to get us started. Here we are, guys. We find ourselves yet again yeah, muddling like, through another offseason. I mean, you kind of get out of practice of this. Yeah, but what, once again... No, I drink all the time. It's fine. <laughs> okay. We're just getting back in game shape. Like, listen, once the season gets going, yeah. we are we are all fully ready. I'm looking back to see old shows of when we started going weekly, and I think it's around fall practice, right? It's around... Yeah, once mm-hmm. mid-July. Mid- right. Because yeah. I think we start planning out the SEC preview and the big Georgia preview. And, the and then we preview. go twice a week once the season hits. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. right. So remember that, America. Yeah, but Tony's been traveling, so what have you been up to? I left here the day after law school graduation, which would have been May the 20th. Congratulations to Tony for finally graduating. Finally graduating law school. Everyone's favorite 28L. It feels like that should have happened by now, but yeah. Uh, I'm well, confused by law and school. Now that I have now that I have my diploma, they got to come take it from me. <laughs> we drove from here to St. Louis to Sioux City, Iowa, to Rapid City, South Dakota, where it snowed on us. Uh, we have four inches of snow. But you saw Rushmore, man. I saw I saw Rushmore in the snow, <laughs> which it, I would have never imagined getting to see that in Crazy Horse. It was snowing in Crazy Horse, and then we left there, went to. Uh, I was here. Rushmore is. People always tell me, like, once you're there, it's not that big of a deal. For me, I wouldn't it was care. amazing. Yeah, I have to say, I wouldn't care if it's a big deal or not. That's one of those things in America yep. I've not seen that I very much want to. Yeah, um, and let me suggest, if you ever go, uh, there's a drive, like, a mile and a half away where you literally get a profile. It feels like you're 100 yards under Washington. Like, literally a profile of Washington where you're 100 yards under him. It's amazing. It's right on the road. Um, and then we went into Yellowstone for three days and went to Jackson, Wyoming, um, and then <laughs> had another 
drive into a snowstorm in Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that uh, I did get on to the field at Memorial Stadium oh, in yeah. how'd Cheyenne. You, how'd you manage that? Um, well, it, was, it, was, it was just an interesting story. We drove up and the gate was open. Um, <laughs> and I've tried that trick too. It, no, literally. I, just, I almost got an old candlestick that way one time. Yeah. Oh, um, I got, yeah, candlestick is famous for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I literally got run off by a groundskeeper with yeah. a rake. It was during a strike. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was during a baseball strike. Uh, so we, we literally, the gate was open. We walked in a guy in coveralls looked at us and kind of gave us the head nod wave and kept on walking because it was snowing. And he was like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not going to stop you two. So my wife and I walked right out on the, um, walked right out on the, the field. Um, Cheyenne is a low key, really cool town. Um, it's a small town. I mean, I, I, I understand why people go there. It's like, a poor man's boulder, I guess, is the right way of thinking about <laughs> That's it. That's a good way. Of um, it. But it's uh, the stadium is is not nearly as picturesque as Folsom Field, um, but it's not a terrible football stadium. I, I like think Missouri football. or somebody in the SEC plays Wyoming this year. Uh, yeah, I do believe, uh, I, I believe at Missouri, Wyoming. At Wyoming, yeah, I believe Missouri. That, goes that's. Somewhere. That's true, Missouri. I mean, right. they always go to weird places yeah. to play. The, I, I'm curious that you have done hit one of my things that I, I wrote a newsletter about this a while back. TinyLetter.com. So Tiny Letter. I subscribe oh, yeah. now. It's Absolutely. good. It's good. It is it's good. Great. It's great. And um, I put a lot of work into that. Actually, more work than I probably should, to be honest. But uh, anyway, I wrote a newsletter about this a while back about um, the discussion of what it counts to be in a state, mm-hmm. like whether <laughs> you have, like you can't just drive through it without stopping or stopping at a gas station. That doesn't count. You have to stop and do something. Wow. Even if you have like a meal okay. somewhere, like you don't have to like go see some big thing. But if you have a meal or you sleep there or you do something there, it counts. And because to me, I think I've hit just about everywhere except all the states that you just hit. Yeah. Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota. I've never been to any of those. So after this trip, uh, so are, you, I, are you covered now? I've been to 46 left? states. Okay. Uh, the states I have not been to are Minnesota. Uh, which I've flown through you the were airport. Kind of close. I'm not if you're up that. in that area. I, I really was, and I'm a little upset for not going. I've flown through the airport, but I like you. I don't count that because right. that's uh, when, it's, it. when it's not. It doesn't count. To be yeah, it really feels. I've like never been to. I've been to the Amsterdam airport, but that I've not been to Amsterdam. Right. Yeah. He's he's not. Did you deplane? I got off the plane, but I didn't leave the airport. Is deplane a word for take mushrooms? <laughs> not in the airport. Not uh, yet. <laughs> so um, I've not been to Minnesota. I've not been to North Dakota. I have not been to Oregon or Hawaii. Okay. That's oh, okay. it. That's all my states. Yeah. You I've could been. hit all those together. Yeah. What? We did. Yeah, we did. I, I subscribed to that theory, too. Yeah. Um, when you get into the corner of Wyoming and Nebraska, you're literally 15 miles from Colorado. We backtracked into Colorado. Did you go to Fort Collins to take the kids? Well, not all the way to Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. We took the kids into Colorado and, and had lunch. Denver is like at the, the rest stop. The world. I is. love. Denver yeah, Fort Collins is amazing city. too. Yeah. Just so the kids could say they've been to Colorado. Well, it's funny. We we did that uh, at our wedding in Columbus. A bunch of people that came in from New York for the wedding. <laughs> they walked across the bridge over into <laughs> Alabama. City, Alabama, and like I, it was funny. Like apparently, a friend of mine told me how he walked across the bridge over there, and there were like eight other New Yorkers drinking forties on the on the step just to say that they had done because they would they never expected ever getting down here uh, to do that again. I still, I feel like drinking a 40 on the sure. of a gas station. In Phoenix I'll, City. I'll, I'll give them that. Oh, Although the locals, yeah. the locals yeah. do that. I, yeah. say, I think that, I think they, 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 one of them was elected mayor. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> but I will, in that vein, there was a very interesting phenomenon, I guess, uh, to, to put it mildly, is that there seemed to be an awful lot of people driving Nebraska cars who stopped at the rest stop merely to light up. 
Yeah. To smoke pot. Because, oh, in, in Colorado. Yeah, but my kids have a finely honed nose for it, uh, having been in Amsterdam and Vancouver and D.C. now. Mm-hmm. My daughter famously, when they went to Amsterdam a, a couple of years ago, was like, this smells like Canada. Uh, <laughs> so, because her experience in Vancouver. Uh, but they that, were. I think that that's going to be the new tourism. So it's, 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 it smells like, like Canada. Canada. It smells like Canada. But Canadians are so nice. It kind of yeah. paints a, a good <laughs> mental image. Wait a minute. What was the Dudley Moore movie where. Crazy people, Arthur. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Where, where, Crazy people, where he sells the he sells. The yeah, cars. he becomes. Yeah, it's yeah. like like the Subaru hatchback is like yeah. they're boxy and small, but they're cheap. They're and cheap. Like it becomes this incredible <laughs> advertising. Yeah. Flowers because you fucked up again. Whatever it was. Yeah, just write that time down. Thanks for tuning in to a George Football Podcast to talk about my travels. And how uh, many Will, miles did you go? Because I was I was proud of my four thousand one hundred thirty miles, and then you hardcore. trumped it. You guys are hardcore. Forty eight hundred and fifty miles. Yeah. That's a lot. In 12 days. Then I turned around and drove to Orlando last week for a conference. So It's awesome. I'm, it's very impressive. Then The best thing, news item that's happened for me is something that I hope uh, that Scott will appreciate. My parents just bought a place uh, yes. in Winterville. Yes. They bought a place in Winterville. I'll have you know when they were they were looking at Winterville and they wanted to know more about it, I showed them a video. I don't even know where I found it. All videos on the internet just fall from the sky and have no authors. You know, like they're, articles. They're pretty much the same. Uh, yeah, they're the same. It doesn't even matter to look who made them. I just know somebody did so it doesn't matter uh, no of course Scott did a great video about Winterville about the mayor of Winterville uh, and uh, so I, Don Farrell so my, my parents watched it and were like okay I've yet to eat at that awesome diner downtown that's only open for breakfast and Little lunch. City uh, I, my parents loved it they went there yeah. for lunch though my mom was like everyone was there was very bearded and cool and I was like yeah yeah you're like the you're like the, uh, what, the, the my parents are the usually it's like one of the hip people coming from from Normaltown and Boulevard are going out to Winterville now. And my parents, uh, my parents being cool Boulevard and Normaltown people uh, are now in Winterville. So I love it. They're very happy. They can walk downtown. Yeah, it's uh, a great th- city. They're not actually moved in yet, but they are in the process of putting together. It's a, it's a pretty awesome place. I had lunch Brian with the, with the cool beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would look good with the bald head and yeah. cool beard. I had lunch with the mayor last Friday. At the Little City Diner, and there might be, or there probably will be, a Winterville Part 3 documentary. May or may not include some other special Athens musicians in it, so we'll leave that uh, to your imagination. But they'll be playing um, at the Fox Theater. Gosh, I think it's like the 19th there. It's the day before... One of the home games, maybe. Oh, we have the schedule on. Wait, his band is playing at the Him game? and a couple others. Oh, and the secret. Wink, secret, wink. Secret, secret yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, Friday before Arkansas State, so September 13th at the Fox Theater. So okay. uh, you can buy tickets. I know Drive By Truckers are playing, um, and Kevin Kinney is uh, emceeing the oh, show. Wow. That's exciting. That's exciting stuff across the board. And you wrapped your show, your second season? Season, season two finished with uh, Heidi Gardner from Saturday Night Live. She's done a few weekend updates. I think she's probably most famous for doing the, uh, playing the wife of uh, every boxer in a Boston box, uh, sports movie. Like, I'm taking the kids <laughs> to my sisters. Yeah, very, she's very, very funny. And she was, a, she was a great guest. We had a good, good uh, my, the best show this year was definitely Sean Astin. We had Sean Astin on, uh, of course, from, uh, from the Goonies, Goonies and Rudy and Strange. Who else do you have? Because I recognize a few you know, it seemed like signs. they were above C or B list. I after. would argue that we uh, everyone on my on my show. Sean Astin was, was in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Sean Astin is Sam Weisganji. Yeah, Sam. Uh, uh, we had David Cross. If you're in the Mister Show from back in the day, David I remember Cross him. Was on. Uh, we had David Cohn. Occasionally, we should have like an actual athlete on the sports show. Uh, we had David Cohn. 
Uh, we had, if you watch Veep, if you're a fan of Veep, uh, Dan Egan, Reed Scott, the actor who plays Dan Egan on that show, is who's really awesome. If you're a Veep fan, that's like the coolest person you could have on. Uh, it was really fun. Except for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. And I know your thing with her because of the whole Northwestern deal, but still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, Northwestern's never getting back to the tournament again, ever, by the way. So it's been a <laughs> fun season, but I have to say, I found myself... Um, now that we, uh, I felt like the official, I know we've talked about what the unofficial start of the podcast season is for some, somehow, and maybe this because you and I, Tony are always like trying to guess game times when we got the game times for the first three games, it's like, Oh, okay. Now it feels like it's real. Actual football season is not that far away when we know that Vanderbilt's going to be a night game, which is really kind of amazing. To be fair, had Georgia made Omaha we would still be talking about something that had yeah. occurred in the 2019 we should, we season. We probably talk about that. So I, I, I subscribe to the idea of maybe calling this, but we can't just soft pedal it. We've got to say this is yeah. the I new think, season. I think this, we can still wrap up a little bit. Okay. Like I think fall, we'll, we'll just go with fall practice. Fall practice. So when okay. it starts and the season actually begins. Uh, that baseball thing was, no, I have two minds about that. And I'm curious, I don't want to step on, on you here, but uh, um, on one hand, um, it's obviously a disappointment. And, uh, and it's funny, I've actually, it's amazing how quickly, I mean, what they, they were talking about fire and trickling two years ago and then he has these two great runs, but now they're mad that he's not making the postseason <laughs> runs and they're mad at him again. Uh, to me, this seems like the best case scenario of what could have happened the last two years. Obviously the ending was not, was unfortunate this year. It feels like they ran into a very a emotional, very kind of uh, like there was you had to be a little worried just seeing Florida State in, your mm-hmm. in the first place. Obviously, the coach is retiring. Um, our friend Matthew Leach, who's a yeah. huge college baseball fan, went to Florida State. Oh, I didn't go to Florida State, but <clears throat> grew up around Florida State. Um, uh, is losing his mind over. They wiped out LSU. Like it is, they are they are kind of on a mission right now. So it is unfortunate what happened to Georgia, but uh, Florida State would have wiped out a lot of teams right now. Yeah, I mean. Me. Baseball is a weird sport. I mean, that's what we saw in the regional, and frankly, the super regional is the argument against having one game playoff series in professional baseball. Um, that you get one team that gets hot at the right time, regardless. I mean, how many how many wild card teams have gone on to win the World Series? I mean, more than, you know, yeah. more than more than a couple, yeah. right? More than more than stats sh- yeah. shows. Show I mean, the year the, the the year the year that it just happened a lot. Happened I a think lot. of ninety seven when the Marlins won it. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, it's a great example. So, well, they won, you know, in three they were the, they, you know, and then mm-hmm. and the Royals went the World Series when they it's and it, it happens like it's particularly, it's particularly weird now because there is that one play in game. Yeah. But you know, this is, it's baseball. Like, if you put the Orioles, who are probably the worst team in baseball right now, if you put them in the playoffs, they would win a five-game series thirty-five yeah. percent of the time, 30, three out of ten times. Thirty. Yeah. So that that is that, that's just a weirdness that happens. Yeah. In so particularly when a team's hot, particularly when you get a dude that was on a club team a year ago, a year ago, and just like didn't even he was afraid to try out because he thought they wouldn't they, he'd be stigmatized as a club guy. He had like four at bats all year, and he shows up the playoffs and just starts hitting home runs. We were at the game. I went to the game, Florida State versus FAU. Got seats right behind home Speaking plate. Of uniforms. Those FAU uniforms were sweet. Oh, they look like the old White Sox. I know uniforms. they were so awesome. I loved them. I loved did them. enjoy that. Hats yeah, were, Tim Becker. Cool too. Tim I'm, Becker I'm is the guy nerd, that hit two home runs. Yeah. I'm a nerd about baseball uniforms and the way they oh, do yeah. football stuff. So now, what do you think about the Florida State gold uniforms they wore last night when they dismissed LSU? I'm not a fan of those. Yeah, I mean, I don't find Florida State a particularly aesthetically pleasing no. team anyway. So, well, but so just in case you don't follow college baseball, um, Martin, the coach of Florida State, has been involved with the program for 
40 years. More than 40 years. Yeah. Um, they've been to seven College World yeah. Series. have never won one. They've been in the NCAA bas- baseball tournament 20-something times out of his 40 seasons. I mean, he's seasons. been enough coach to be there for 40 years. Right, and he still hasn't won a tournament. Right, he's never won. As a matter of fact, if you ask an FSU player, uh, fan, partisan, and frankly, Matthew Leach and I had this conversation when Florida State got in. I was like, man, I don't like Florida State as a three seed in our region at all. He was like, ah, it's Florida State, it's postseason, blah, blah, blah. Also, they were generally lucky to get in. Yeah, like, they, they regarded as the last team, right? Yeah. The last team. They had to more. win the first game of the Super Regional just to reach 40 wins, Yeah, yeah right. which was yeah. the whatever, how many consecutive time he had done that. So having said all that, Georgia had – Seven or eight players. I mean, it's like 194 rounds, but seven or eight players drafted in the first 32 yes. rounds, right? Including by Cardinals in the yeah. end. So, so, yeah. Um, but, there's a player that's from Columbus, Georgia, that went to UGA that's drafted by the Cardinals. So, so, so and, you're going to buy his jersey pretty soon. Jerseys, uh, the, if you go to those bootleg uh, Chinese places, they get you bootleg jerseys. Uh, that's something I've got going on right now. So if you think back where we were two or three years ago at the end of the season, like – Strickland's a dead man walking, and I just, you know, it's impossible to see a path forward for him. It's astounding, right? We've hosted two regionals, national seed, and we have four, what, four seed this year. Um, and guys getting drafted everywhere. Guys getting drafted everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's done it. He's done it through better recruiting, but he's also hired a hell of a pitching coach that has really changed his fortunes. It will be interesting to see what happens next year. We will have probably one of the top two or three pitchers in the nation and the possibility of another. It depends on how the young guys come along. I mean, anything can happen in baseball, but this looks like a potentially be another 35-40 win Georgia team next year. I think they're going to miss uh, Tucker Maxwell and they're going to miss Aaron Schunk, you know, offensively speaking. Uh, the good thing is Riley King, the right fielder and the kind of second place hitter is uh is coming back losing um tony losey and uh who's the guy tim elliott that yeah, pitched that elliott, gym yeah. of a complete game against fau <clears throat> that's gonna be tough to replace but um i can't remember the blonde head kid uh, maybe last name webb he'll be kind of the second starter you know the saturday starter coming next year it's worth noting uh your friend of mine logan booker had a really cool thing on twitter yesterday knowing that georgia has a non-zero use the willie's buzzword the non-zero possibility of having the number one pick in three different sports next year with his uh if, if there was a basketball hand he was baseball. the originator of that yeah. thought that's a great yeah, thought it, i mean it can from be, it's not going that high it could be inter- this could be a very interesting thought exercise nine months from now though or 10 months from now before the nfl draft once we get into baseball and basketball season because we'll know pretty early on if from has both the goods the gravitas you know we're not to get too much into football before we actually start talking about football um the knock on from right now is he's game manager not he can't you know he's not the big throw guy i think we all agree he has that we just haven't seen it well it's weird because like i feel like that was the way i thought about from until the national championship game. Yeah, you're having it. Yeah. <laughs> until Oklahoma, the national championship, we're like, oh, no, never mind. Yeah. Uh, he can absolutely do that. So right. I think that if he, like, because I feel like the general agreement was he got off to a, last year was not as great as his freshman. Sophomore year. slump? Yeah, I mean, and that sophomore slump was still being awesome and having a great year. But if he even has the start that he did last year, let alone what he kind of did toward the end of his freshman year, I don't think there's any question that he's gone. Barring an injury. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he's – I mean, yeah. he's a first-rounder. You go. Oh, yeah. You've got to. You've got to. Right. I mean, yeah. You've got to. Yeah. So, I mean, that will be an interesting thought and exercise to have in, say, 
early March. Next so year. we're we're penciling in Anthony Edwards as the number one pick in the NBA you draft see next him year. As a top, generally a top three to five pick. It's funny. There's actually uh, there's a, n- a non-zero chance that next year's NBA draft may have an Illinois player and a Georgia player yeah. in the top ten. Yeah, uh, which is kind of exciting. Speaking of the NBA draft, we should probably talk about Nicholas Claxton. Nicholas Claxton yep. is going to the NBA draft. There is still somewhat hotly debated. I think mostly among Georgia people. I think NBA scouts and NBA people generally think he made the right decision. I know there's a school of thought among Georgia fans who are really hoping he could anchor all of these young players. That is he making the right decision? There's a, the buzz about him is high. Uh, <clears throat> we saw that uh, Bill Simmons tweeted that uh, that Nicholas Claxton is his sleeper guy that he wants uh, Boston to tr- somehow end up with. Now, as we all know, Bill Simmons paid such close attention to Georgia basketball last year that he has thir- sh- clearly scouted it at him out uh, incredibly well. But uh, I think the fact that he is that long. That, uh, if he can get a shot, he's exactly the type of player that runs in the NBA right now. I think he probably made, I think he's gonna, he probably made a right decision. I think he's going to end up in the first round. Yeah, so I would. I would be, early second round as players. a Knicks fan. I, if he ends up picked by the Knicks in the second round, I would be elated. Yeah. So how disappointed were you that the Knicks did not get the number one pick? Well, it's, I wrote about this for New York Magazine. It's a very Knicks fan thing to do to be so devastated. Even though the odds actually went in the Knicks' favor, the Knicks, the odds were against the Knicks getting a top three pick, because that's the way the playoff, the lottery odds are anymore. It's not like it was in the past, where if you had the worst record in the league, you were guaranteed a, a top three spot. In fact, I think the odds were thirty-eight percent that they would get a top three pick, and I think eleven percent or twelve percent that they'd get the number one pick. But Knicks fans did not respond, and they were just like, "What? We're so cursed." Once again, every fan base, including Golden State's and the Lakers and the, the Yankees and the Red Sox, all think they're cursed. Well, they're I, mean, the I think the Lakers fans. are cursed now. Yeah, well, they, I think their curse has been self-inflicted, if you can self-inflict a curse. But I would say that uh, um, I was disappointed. I would have liked to see them get Zion. It's certainly frustrating that the team that's going to get Zion is the team the Knicks are trying to trade, trade with. Uh, it's a little frustrating uh, that they went through this whole terrible season and got just a third pick out of it. I, I'll put it this way: there was, there was one team that got really screwed in the draft lottery, and it was Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta was the one yeah. that got screwed, yeah. screwed in the draft lottery, yeah. and they still have two picks, which is great. But those could have been one and four. Right. I mean, they could, they could have been some pretty crazy picks. So, yeah. um, anyway, I will say this: yeah. last thing about the Hawks, but they just recently made that trade uh, with the Nets, where they they took on a bunch of money on a contract because the Hawks are being run very smartly right now. But the Hawks and the Nets are being run very smartly right now. The Hawks are not going to be probably a playoff team next year, but they're building something. I said this, but remember I said this about the Braves a couple of years ago. The Braves are quietly building something. The Hawks are are smart. I think constructing their team in a very smart way. Y'all want to talk about alcohol sales at Sanford Stadium? <laughs> not really. <laughs> I, I mean, all I'm going to say about this, I, didn't, I don't get the furor. I mean, I don't either. It's, I mean, it only. Sorry, wasn't there already places in? Yeah, in the sky really suites. Rich people, right? But, yeah, yeah and so people suites. are people are saying own, that only rich people can get it, but it's, that's how it is right now, and it has yeah, I been. Did, I did. Okay, I, I, I'm of two minds about this. First off, I don't want to pay nine dollars for a big beer. At a Georgia football game. First, I don't drink. I don't drink beer ball games, any football games anyway. But I don't. Why, I don't understand why you're being mad about not getting to do that. First off, second off, I understand why you make a big deal. But why then limit it to two or three or four hundred people? It just it it, baffles isn't me. Isn't the bar not within viewing? You can't, you can't take the drink right. out of the bar from, from you, what I've read, and you can't see the field. 
Yeah. So maybe you can watch it on TV. So you might, might as well just stay at home or get a Sky Suite. It is kind of well, it's it's worth noting, uh, not to promote myself, but I wrote a piece that's going to be on New York Magazine tomorrow, specifically about how this the weirdness of basically sports are all about the premium fans now. They're all about the premium fan experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to the, at the extent, and, you know, you see this in Mercedes Benz, right? <clears throat> the reason the concessions are so cheap, right. and the reason the tickets up at the upper deck are so cheap is that's not where the teams make their money. Yeah, they, I, I mean, think I think the general rule of thumb is seventy or eighty percent of the profit that of the revenue that teams get from tickets are from the first fifteen or twenty rows. Uh, or from the people that pay and up uh, up top, great. It's nice for atmosphere to have those sold. But like because of that, like there are seats at the new Warrior Stadium next year. It's opening next year that are literally two million dollars, and they have a butler. <laughs> like there's literally a butler, and like it's it is all about that premium fan experience. And so I actually use the example of Georgia on this of kind of the what I think. I will not get into politics too much on this, but I will say the general income inequality being a general large issue going on in the United States right now, sports is obviously not immune from this. And I think what you're seeing, I think the response has not been, well, we, we don't get to do that as much as it is, okay, like this is the change that Georgia football has really, Georgia sports in general have made over the last few years uh, because when you bring in Kirby and you bring in all that and you spend all this money and you make the new facilities, you have to find ways to improve the income. They're not going to be getting money from alcohol sales. What they're going to be getting money from are people feeling exclusive yeah. and people feeling like they're paying for a premium experience. It's funny. The analogy I'm going to use for this is my dad uh, has started doing a lot of – they live in Athens now, obviously, or Winterville. And dad has become like a handyman for some wealthy people around five points. My dad's instinct, because he's from c- central Illinois, is to get the cheapest thing possible <clears throat> that will do the job. Right. Like, <laughs> and he won't get something crappy just uh, that's going to break down. Right. But his, his instinct, his first thought is whatever will get the job done, I will spend absolute minimum I can to do that. And I tried to explain to him, dad – they don't want that. Even if it works just as fine as something that's really expensive, they want the expensive thing because they're rich and they want expensive things on their place. That's what this is. They don't necessarily want to buy beer. They want to be able to buy beer. And I think that's what this is about. And as importantly, the folks your dad wants to work for is they want to be able to say that they got whatever it was they got from House Electric exactly. or whatever place they went to then, or the play, or the, or the you know the the, the the electric house in Atlanta exactly. that only stocks the Italian light switches this or is what, I mean Alexa my wife gets this with her clients all yeah, the time oh yeah yeah she's an interior decorator and this is constant yeah. and I've told dad like dan just tell them you're getting it from this store, even though you're getting it from. It doesn't matter to them. Like they want to be able to say. They want to be able they to can, say, and that's what this is about. They, it's not about I can go buy a beer because, like, whatever. They want to say they can go buy. They want to. They want an exclusive experience that other people don't have, and so that's what this is about. And I think that's why people are frustrated by it. It's not that I can't have beer and they can because the beer uh, when they actually and I think eventually they will just sell beer everywhere. I think it's a it's a slippery slope in a yeah. good way. Like eventually it's going to trickle but like down. That to, beer is going to be. Crappy and warm. So you're and saying it's not going to be creature comforts yeah, up there. Like, I mean, they may have like a little stand there, but like, no offense to the nice people who put work uh, working the concession stands at these games. They're not investing a lot in the concessions. People that are working the concessions. A lot of times, you're raising money for a local high school kid. You see this at basketball all the time, and there's no incentive for them to do a great job. So the idea that you're suddenly going to have this great experience. 
I have to say, as a someone that uh, loves going to Georgia football games, I have not found myself lacking for alcohol experiences uh, <laughs> when it comes to my football Saturdays. So, you know, I think that uh, um, that that's what it's about. I think it's telling. I think you'll see other schools uh, in the SEC. Just Frankly, I mean, Illinois is doing it now. Illinois is selling beer at the games. Uh, obviously, Illinois is on the SEC. But Illinois needs to sell beer to the, at the games because they need something to get fans in there. Georgia doesn't need that. So Georgia can say, here's another another exclusive thing you get if you give to the football, to the, what's, what's the name of the fund? Hartman. Well, Hartman. Hartman, sorry. The Hartman Fund. You give to it. I, no, I, I guess I do. I don't realize that I do. I, I, I actually think it's McGill Society is right. the level. I give to the Basketball Enhancement Fund. I just put in my, uh, my this year, as a matter of fact. I do the 110% just to make sure I keep my seats. But so that's what you're getting. You're getting the exclusive thing. I, basketball's not unlike this. You can give it over a certain amount. So you can go in that free club and get some popcorn and cans of Diet Coke. Like that's not – you're not paying for the Diet Coke and the popcorn. You're paying for the fact that you get to go somewhere that other people don't. So I think that's – Which is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Having, I, as someone who goes in there sometimes. <laughs> I think that is why there's the backlash. It's not because we can't buy beer. It's because, oh, yep, here's another thing that we've generally seen more and more since they've made – they floored it with the program. There's – like it's harder to get access to things. Yeah. All of a sudden, the spring game is really lame and not like very fan friendly. Like a lot of things, because this is how the American economy works now. The wealthiest people are the ones given the best experiences. I think that's what people are frustrated by. Not so much that they can't buy beer. Well, I went to the baseball game. Like I said, we were in the dugout club level, and I, I took Walker with me, and he was amazed that he could have free wheel of all of the yeah. Coke Zeros he wanted, and he had three ice cream sandwiches. Oh, you sat down in the, You sat down in the club yeah. downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Cool. Though I, I mean, I and the kid, he's like bug eyed. Like yeah. this is amazing, right? right. You know? And if you were to buy him three ice cream sandwiches, he'd be like, I don't need all this. Exactly. Things. Exactly. <laughs> well, see, and, here's the funny thing. <laughs> my kids. Well, this dot, is dot, the dot. old line. This is the old line about um, when people used to promote bands. And uh, uh, when, like, you don't give out something free, you charge a dollar for it, right? Because if you give out something free that has no value, so you just take it. You just like, I'll just sure, whatever. I don't care. I don't. You have no value to it. But if you pay for something for it, we used to have an old, a huge table in our apartment in New York that we couldn't get rid of, and like, we just said people can just have this awesome table. It's probably worth like a five hundred dollar table. We just couldn't get it out of our apartment when we moved into a place around the fourth floor. So I put my island Craigslist saying, free table, whoever wants it. No one responded. If I said so then a week later I put table a hundred dollars and took a picture of the table, I got like eight responses. Yep. But the exact same table. People want to feel like they're getting something. So how much should we uh, sell our future wait and since last Saturday stickers for? Five, have any ten, twenty dollars. Yeah, t-shirts? are we out of t-shirts? No, there's like seven left, but they're usually seven people missing right now. They're large and people. mediums. So missing, yeah, missing all the porking. You can you can, <laughs> no, that's you can go to wslspodcast.com oh, <laughs> and order one. Um, so what else do I have on the list? Um, the only other thing I wrote down, and, and I'll go ahead and let you know, we got a bunch of questions, so we're going to have to definitely leave Sweet. some time. Awesome. Thank that, you. But, thank you, guys. Yeah. But the only other question I have. They uh, missed us. They did. They did. Was, um, you know, the transfer portal is added again with the Luke Ford thing. And I've seen a bunch of tweets from Dan Walken and other people like fighting him on Twitter. And I don't really know what to think. What, what's uh, Walken's feeling about the transfer portal? The Luke Ford situation is just basically. He says that Luke so, Ford should have not been able to move. 
I think so. I can't wow. be quoted on that. Okay. That doesn't sound. Yeah. That doesn't sound that like walking. Yeah. And I don't yeah. normally agree with walking. Yeah. Well, my, my take on the I'll Lacour thing. The, the cool thing for sports supporters now, and I would argue the correct thing, but definitely the cool thing for sports writers like Walken who kind of go where the wind's blowing is that he should, that if coach if play, if coaches can move anytime they want, players should be able to move every. Day. I'm assuming that's. I would be surprised if that were not Walken's response. Let's go to Scott. I try to be fair. The NCAA has tons of issues, and I've spent years documenting and commenting on them. The waiver process isn't a mess of their own making. Indianapolis is playing a bad hand dealt to them by the schools who fear free agency, but know they can't go backwards. Okay, well, so basically he says this transfer portal is dumb, but... It is what we have. Yeah, So, which is fair. So it it is fair. The part about it, I... Look, I'm... I personally think players should, at least once in their career, should be able to transfer where they want. Period. Whatever. Um, the, no the, waiting. No waiting. The once. 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 I, once. No, I, agree. I agree. The crappy part about Luke Ford and the kid that, that transferred from College of Charleston to Virginia Tech um, is that they had legitimate reasons for transferring, yeah. and those reasons were family reasons dealing with health of close family members. And if you're an Illinois fan... And uh, I've never met one, but if you're an Illinois fan, you, you look at Justin Fields just being able to go, and and I understand there which, are which fine is, print things on this. There are I can, fine print reasons. And, I can shed some light on this yeah, real quick. Okay. Um, his tweet where he said uh, they don't typically give family medical hardships for a grandparent who wasn't a primary caretaker. You may not like them drawing that line, but I understand it. Someone responds, Michael Kaiser. Uh-huh. He says, Illinois. sure. Michael Kaiser is an Illinois guy. He says, sure, okay, but the problem lies with how ridiculously inconsistent the NCAA is on this issue. No matter what Tate Martell and Justin Fields tells you, they transferred because they weren't going to start, yet they were granted a waiver, and that decision came down really fast. And then he responded one more time with a retweet. One waiver request was through a broad hardship rule where there is lots of room for interpretation and advocacy. The other waiver request is through a pretty narrow hardship rule. It seems pretty clear to me. Okay. Let's assume facts benefit Justin Fields exactly the, the way that the attorney. Right. Narrowly. And this is defined. where I'm going with this. Right. The attorney laid out to the NCAA tournament. I mean, NCAA uh, for him. Okay. I, I, there is a path there where I could see, okay, he had to transfer because. Sure. Um, the second one is, I mean, what's Martel Tate's hardship? It's cold in Columbus? I don't understand. And that's the part about it. Um, and what Watkins missing there is the kid that's transferring from College of Charleston to, I believe, Virginia Tech. It's his mom. She had brain surgery a year ago. That's not made up. He doesn't need a note from the doctor. NCAA doesn't need a note from the doctor. Right. And, and it's particularly weird, too, because Ford is an actual loss for the Georgia program. Yeah. He yeah. would have we played. Need he would have no 100% benefit. played. Yeah, like there's no benefit for him. There, I mean, I think there's plenty of benefit from leaving <laughs> Georgia to go to play in Champaign. But obviously, well, no I mean, Lovey Smith's, Smith's beard. Yeah, there's no reasonable person would actually say that. So, and, and, you know, so I think that's, listen, when I'm saying that Luke Ford should have gotten the waiver, I'm not bringing up Justin Fields and Tate Martell and saying, well, they shouldn't have got one. They should have got one. They should have got one, and so should have looked forward. And I think, and the problem, honestly, it's, I think this is hopefully what Wolk, I think what Wolken is trying to say is the problem here is not the NCAA. 
The problem is the coaches. <laughs> the problem is the coaches who are who do not want free agency and do not like this and hate and like they can't stand all of this stuff. They don't want to lose guys. They're working so hard to rec- and I get it. I understand their perspective. Their perspective is nonetheless wrong. It's their perspective. Yeah, look at Manny Diaz. Yeah, I mean honestly. What he at, did last year. I mean, I'm sorry, look at I mean look at literally look at I mean look at Kirby Smart. He recruited people to go to Alabama and then he went to Georgia. He obviously And recruited people from Alabama to come to Georgia. Yeah, which is another reason why Alabama people are so mad at him still. But whatever. And uh, but for me, more to the point, like I don't like just, I understand why Kirby Smart has that perspective, just like I understand every coach having that perspective. They don't want to put all this work into recruiting and have guys just be like after one year leave. I get it. I understand why that is personally frustrating for them. That is also why you get paid the big bucks, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but like like that's I mean it's unfortunate. And if I were a coach, I would hate it. But the coaches are not the only people here. <laughs> and I think that, that I think that's what's frustrating. Listen. If coaches will agree that anytime they take a new job, they have to sit out a year before they do it and give up their old contract if they do, then I, I we're all on equal playing field. We're not actually on equal playing field, but we're at least closer. We're not even close to equal playing field because, you know. Yeah, I know the whole paying thing. But the idea, it's just hard for me. This is why I don't understand it's the mental gymnastics you have to be able to do to work in big-time college athletics. I said this is someone that loves big-time college athletics and really loves being a part of it all. The mental gymnastics to be able to say, I, person that makes millions of dollars a year, and listen, I'm not saying that being a coach is an easy job. It is a tough job. We are going to see what happens in the next couple of years. If Kirby Smart doesn't win a national championship <laughs> at Georgia, we're going to find out just how hard it is to be a college football coach, to, to be at the absolute top of your profession, but the ball bounces here, the ball bounces there. You don't get one. All of a sudden, every, you go from the savior to the guy that everybody hates like that. So I get it. Like I, it's a high pressure job. Your family has to move. Oh, all Bobby the time. Petrino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a high pressure job. Your family has to move all the time. Like think about what, Kirby Smart's actually had like a pretty stable yeah, life, yeah. and even he has had, his family's been how what, many different cities four, in the last four ten times, years? and he's had been as stable as anyone. Like oh, it's a, two in last yeah, ten, but yeah, fifteen, yeah. yeah, and and it's tough, and I get it, and that's hard. And one of the nice things about not being a football coach is I know where I'm living for the next ten years. I don't have to worry about it. This is where I live. This is where I live for the next ten years. I can make a decision. I can make that decision for my family. Even Kirby Smart, top of the coaching world right now can't say that like you can't say that so i have sympathy for the profession but you cannot look me in the eye and say it is okay for you to leave for a new job but a player even if it makes your job harder to deal with this for them not to be able to go and that's that that's i think that's what walken is saying the ncaa is playing within parameters that coaches are constantly on them after so i don't blame tate martell i don't blame uh Dustin fields and i don't blame luke field look forward I blame, I don't really blame the NCAA. It's the coaches. It's the coaches. The coaches are the ones putting pressure on them. And I know there's been stories about how George has been supportive of Luke Ford's uh, waiver. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, I know that uh, they were annoyed with the way that situation was handled, that he wanted to play in the bowl game. And then like I, I know there was some weirdness there that wasn't necessarily there with Fields. And I also think there's benefit for Georgia to say Justin Fields, 
go ahead and go because we support top shelf dudes going to top shelf places. So you can come play with us and we'll be cool with you. But a guy like Luke Ford, who's going to Illinois, ugh, and uh, that they, that Georgia actually feels the hit because they needed him to play tight end. I know that publicly there's been this idea that Georgia has been supportive. Uh, behind the scenes, there are questions. Otherwise. You have people up in Illinois. There are behind the scenes, there are questions. <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. All right, so can we move on to something else? Yes. Um, this is the last bit of news we will cover before we get into the listener questions. Earlier this week, no, it was late last week, the whole uh, thing it seems to bubble up a lot recently, but uh, Jacksonville came up. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were talking about, I think you heard kind of Kirby and Greg McGarity, at the, I guess it was the SEC meetings or something, to where, <laughs> I know Tony's got some thoughts on this, but I'm begging. The, I want to hear Tony. The 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 point that I read, or the the somebody made it, where I guess it was Kirby saying that you can't host recruits at a neutral site game. I think that was one of his points that he made. He wasn't making it for or against. He was just kind of saying that. And the fact that Georgia loses that opportunity every other year when they have to be the home team uh, in Jacksonville. So what I did Wait, was, so that's the idea is that like if Georgia's the road team, they, they literally... No, no, you can't. No, no. no Georgia but, and Florida lose it. But Georgia... Well, they both do. Yeah. But Georgia would lose it because, you know, they would be giving up a home game every other year. Yeah. Right. So... Um, I put a question on uh, Wait Since Last Saturday Twitter saying, with so much off-season debate on where Georgia and Florida will play after 2021, that's when the contract runs out, what's your thought? And I gave four options. Jacksonville every year forever. Jacksonville, Atlanta, Gainesville, Athens on a four-year rotation. Hmm. Okay. Athens and Gainesville only. Just say goodbye to Jacksonville. And then Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville in kind of a four-way Okay. Uh, rotation. So, out of the 132 votes, 47 percent of the dog fans said Jacksonville every year forever. Okay. 17 percent said Jacksonville, Atlanta, Gainesville, Athens. 17 percent said just put it in the home stadiums, Athens and Gainesville. And then 19 percent said Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville. There was one guy where they said, "Oh, uh, Sean Hanny at T Lanta." Sean says. Where's the build a stadium in St. Simons and have it there every year option? So uh, I thought that was funny. But it's, it's a very passionate um, topic, and I know Tony has some thoughts on it. I'll give you mine real quick. Yeah, please. Uh, to be fair, I would be fine with rotating it. But, you know, I haven't had very good experiences down in Jacksonville. I seem to pick every year that they lose even though I know it's tradition, but um, I'd be fine with kind of switching it up every now and then. I know that a lot of people disagree with me, but, you know, hey, I'll take whatever happens, basically. I was going to briefly, because you guys know this a lot better than me, Atlanta, I'm assuming, is not, would never actually be a serious option because you would be at the whim of what the Falcons are doing and the NFL schedule is doing, which means you wouldn't be able to have it that weekend every year. It was like, it's certainly, we all, I, I think there like are two a, reasons why you don't have an Atlanta. First off, um, if, you, NFL if, doesn't care if you already have the game in Atlanta, that means George is never playing the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Uh, which 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 Kirby Smart mm. clearly dedicated himself yes. to be able to do. The second is so the point he'll even play Virginia. The second right. The <laughs> second is a little more practical. It's like you're going to play there at the end of October and then hopefully play there again in like five weeks. Later, right? Yeah. Right. Here's my take on this. It's interesting to me that Kirby said a couple of key things. The one thing he said is like twelve of the fourteen teams have an advantage. That he specifically mentioned Florida in saying that. When he was talking about recruiting, me, you cannot, you can't host recruits, uh, and that's a conference rule, or it was, I, yeah, I think it's a conference rule at a neutral site game. 
that he said that tells me that he's trying to put pressure in two places. First on the conference office, the second on the city of Jacksonville. That contract's up for renewal. They've already announced that they are willing to have beer sales in the whole stadium at, at Tiacraft or whatever they're calling it now. Tia Bank, it's Tia Craft, right? Sure. Everbank. No, Tia Craft. It used to be Everbank. Yeah. They do have swimming pools. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, that, that Gator Bowl a couple of years ago when it was like 61 degrees, it was nothing but Penn State fans in that swimming pool. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, but so, so, so I, I mean, look. You're from Southeast Georgia. Look, so. the, well, I mean, I'm trying to separate. What I'm trying to do is separate my personal feelings on it, which I think the game should stay there. And for, uh, for the record, I think that those matter because, as we can clearly see from the poll, people love having this game. Injected. Sure. So that should not be just discounted. But, but what what matters more is the money that is made. Georgia. See, this is what we're talking about before, though, the yeah, idea that like it's changed. I was just about to say <laughs> the aesthetic is Georgia and Florida both have a guaranteed. $2.75 million a year every year, regardless if it's a home game or away game. Guaranteed. That's money in the bank, guys. You essentially have to have, you have to know that you're going to make uh, $5.5 million on a home game every other year to make that difference up. I just happen to think it's Kafabi on the part of McGarity and, and Smart. So you think there's no way they're dropping I don't see. I, 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 I mean, I mean, look, negotiating to like get recruits to be able to come to these games. I think they're. I think they're negotiating two two very important things. First off, and most importantly, the bottom line dollar guaranteed amount by the Jacksonville Sports Authority. The second is right. Um, and as probably as importantly to Kirby, of course, um, and, and Dan Mullen, is to at least every other year have recruits come to the game. Right. Now, if they're smart, they will take to the conference. Well, if we have neutral side games, why can't both teams bring them, right? Um, uh, and, and maybe that's the NCAA rule. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm speaking a little out of league there. But the reality is, is like, how awesome would it be to have recruits at Georgia Florida game? For both teams. For both teams, right? Get, you get to come be a part of this. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the person that lobbies against this is Tennessee. <laughs> I imagine Tennessee doesn't want to Tennessee Vanderbilt like, can be in Jackson I don't care I mean Texas and Arkansas play in Jerry World they play World Jerry there. World right um, I mean Alabama Auburn used to play in Legion Field every Texas year Texas A&M did I say Texas right? A&M yeah um, so yeah, I, I think I think the the biggest and, and most important thing to Georgia and frankly Florida is the bottom line dollar figure um, with that being renegotiated I'd be really surprised that number's not north of $4 million this year or then the next cycle, whatever it is. Because Jacksonville makes a lot of money. That, that game benefits the city of Jacksonville in a way that they will come up for a way to put that money on the table. So Georgia and Florida hold all of the, the eggs in the basket, basically. They do. What are you going to replace it with? I mean, yeah, you Jax. can. I mean, you can yeah. replace it. Well, no, but you can replace it with a. You can replace it with another, like Florida State. Miami, I guess. Yeah, but it would be on a rotation type thing, and there wouldn't be the same teams there every year. Right, yeah. right, right. It turned right. into an I Atlantic mean, look, kickoff. You're talking about you're talking about you're talking about a professional a stadium built specifically for professional football that puts college football first when one NFL weekend a year. That's really, really, really unheard of. Yeah. So that's just what I think, and, and I just the, the thing I found most interesting about it is Kirby brought up Georgia and Florida's. Disadvantage in recruiting, and it has to make sense. And he and McGarity both talking about that. And now Jacksonville's talking about selling beer in the stadium beyond beyond the, 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 the club seats. I'm surprised they don't already because you can get beer at other stadiums. I always thought it was if it's not on campus, 
that you'd have beer because you get a Mercedes-Benz but, Stadium, you know, in two college. Were yeah. we able, able to get beer at the SEC championship? Absolutely, games? absolutely. I don't know. And the the national championship game. Yep. I know the national championship. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The I had game. I had plenty. I feel like the I had SEC plenty. Champ- Pre- I think the championship game does. You were matter. there. Yeah, I, I was like, there, but I had plenty I beforehand. Like, I, I don't know about the national championship game. I know I that like they the, sold it at the national championship. I game. feel like the SEC championship game doesn't. Have, correct us if you're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. yelling in the. Yeah, I've, I think one of my favorite podcast experiences: yelling, yelling at the host when they're wrong. That's when you know you have a real podcast. Yeah. So Tony, let me just ask you Someone this: Someone just crashed their car because they're screaming. <laughs> well, don't right don't now. do that. How would you feel if they did say we're going to rotate it? Two in Jacksonville, one home and home. I mean, how would you feel? Um, because you whatever. saw that basically it's it's split half and half. With yeah, I mean, I'm, we 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 can debate math with you, but um. well, I mean, yeah, if you put the two <laughs> of those things, I suspect it'd right. be more than fifty. Objectively, the game makes a lot of sense in Jacksonville for the pub it gives to the program on top of the money that that the University of Georgia makes out of it. Um, the fact keep, that CBS pencils it in every year. That. Do they keep if it's a home yet road game? Does it just do they not do that every year? Like there is something special about that, right? Yeah, and, and, and but that's what I mean by yeah. the public gives right. the program, right? Um, I mean, as a, from a national perspective, I remember this a few years ago. There's really so few games like that. There's a there's Red River Shootout. Yep, uh, in football there is this maybe the big one and. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, I yeah, guess that, the big that's, one. but uh, the, you mean the Cal, Cal Stanford. Stanford, but that's, that's all you got. That's, no, that's, yeah. I mean, Army, oh, Navy. Ohio State, Michigan. I'm talking about, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about games at a neutral site. Oh, neutral site. But yeah. Army Navy even rotates between Philadelphia and like, yeah, but still it's neutral site. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Army and Army Navy is obviously a different kind of vibe. Also, Red it's whole weekend. And I, in basketball, I mean, I know you all mock me for this, but Illinois, Missouri, no, Illinois, sells Missouri. Out St. Louis yeah. every single year. Uh, like, there's not a lot of those. I always joked that when I wrote about this earlier that the Knicks playing at the Nets was one of these because <laughs> there's so many more Knicks fans. And I feel like Georgia playing at Vanderbilt, except there'd be more Georgia fans. Uh, maybe Georgia playing at Notre Dame is <laughs> oh. actually the better analogy. But it's hard to find stadiums that are 50 50. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, such yeah. a cool. I mean, it's 100% a bowl game out. atmosphere in yeah. the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, that's part of the reason the CBS wants it because you know, it's a cool yeah. thing that's different. And, and being not objective about it, the game should be in Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> that's just my feeling. Yeah. All right, so let's get into your questions. questions. Awesome, dear listeners. Letters. We get letters. Where should I start? At, At the, the top. top? Okay. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get confused. I think it's an order of who responded first to last. So anyway, at Sea Dog Night asks. How big of an impact does Zamir White need to make in the 2019 run game? Wouldn't it be... Oh, that's a separate question. I'll go ahead and let you answer this one first. Need or get to be? Need. I mean, it can't hurt. I mean, this is the thing about being a place that has a bunch of good running backs, is you don't have to just put them in and be like... You don't desperately need them. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You got Harry in as a senior. Yeah, so... Elijah Holt? No. I mean, Elijah Holyfield. Where does he still, end up? He's still Panthers? he's still trying to run where he's going. I feel like um, someone someone said it. I mean, he wasn't drafted, obviously. But Panthers. Like, I think he signed with the Panthers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have until week four to figure that out. Yeah, that's true. Then Sea Dog Knight's second question says, "Wouldn't it be cool if Stegman could be converted to also serve as the home for Ice Dog Hockey?" 
Sure. I, I think if you had a bigger, uh, I think ice dog hockey at the Classic Center is the right place. Plus, it's a club team. Yeah. It's not a. I'd also like to uh, know that if you get the opportunity, there's now a new pseudo arena league. Team yeah. That plays at the Classic Center. Wait, yeah, football? The Georgia Peaches. Georgia Peaches. Something. I saw wrestling there, but I didn't know about the Peach Dogs. The Peach Knights. Something. Yeah, something. Peach Thrashers. It is. I will say the highlight of those games is almost all punts hit the ceiling, which is very amusing. But if if you get a chance, I think the, the Peach City Cat, the Cross City Peach Cat. That sounds Cats. right. Peach Cats. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, those name. games are very... Have you been? You've I've been. been. I went have to you written an article about it? Uh, I haven't because it's, uh, there's not a lot of demand for that sort of article. If I was just, if I was still doing Sports Center Earth every day, I would, that was the fun of doing Sports Center Earth every day. You could just do like a weird thing on a Tuesday. Uh, but um, it's fun... Uh, it is definitely chill. <laughs> it's like, and also this is very low level football, regardless of the classic center. Like it's pretty. Yeah, some of these guys are plumbers during the week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that like there were dudes. There was like a kick returner that was. Um, smoking? <laughs> it was smoking, <laughs> but he definitely didn't look like the guy that you'd be like, oh, that guy is fast. He's got some speed on him. <laughs> All right, so this one's from at... I wish you were smoking. If you could smoke in a I'm sure you would have smoking. This one's from at Rhino Redhawk. He says, how much of the great future schedules are influenced by Kirby, thinking college football playoff committee punishes weak schedules versus McGarity, sisters of the poor games are bad for business? 100% smart. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the idea, right, is those games don't matter if you still win the SEC. But if you lose one, right? So if you lose one, I mean, there's, there's no. Lose. So if Georgia loses to Notre Dame and yeah. they win the SEC, yeah, they're, they're in. going to play. Yeah, hundred percent. However, if they lose that, if they win that game and lose in the SEC championship game, they have this awesome win at the beginning of the year. Right. It's no lose. It, it's, <clears throat> it's such a it's such a it's such a wise thing to do. Yeah, hundred percent smart. And frankly, if it goes to eight someday, all which I think it's going to. Or even 16, even more so. Uh, and, and frankly, it was 100% Rick before. Yeah. And it feels like, and this feels the way that you're seeing in baseball a little bit now, where people are signing guys to long-term deals when they can be designated hitters yeah. in three or four years. In the National League, the general assumption, the DH is coming to the National League. I think that's, the, the general assumption is it's going eight at least at some point. And so therefore, you're going to want that cash. It's, it's the totally right thing to do. And he had a follow-up question. How soon can we get the Illini on the schedule for Will? Yeah, it's never happening. There's, there's no upside for Georgia to play that game. There's, there's really not a lot of upside for Illinois to play that game, but there is, like, Illinois. Maybe a kickoff classic or a Chick fil A game. Illinois is going to need a lot more sustained success than they've had recently to even make it work. Yeah, because they're, they're, but they're, they're basically on the same lines of Virginia, right? They're below Virginia right now. Really? And, and they need, Illinois needs all, particularly now the Big Ten is doing nine conference games. Illinois needs its conference games to be what they are this year. Eastern Michigan, mm-hmm. Akron, Connecticut. They need wins because yeah. they need to get to a bowl game. So there's no upside for Illinois. And there's obviously no upside for Georgia because you're going to paste Illinois and it doesn't I, I really think you the only, have to go to Champaign. The only way you're going to get a Georgia-Illinois matchup is uh, Tom Crean scheduling them to come down here. Basketball is possible. Basketball oh, yeah. is possible. Football-wise, and they play each other in basketball before. I mean, I think we, we talked about this when mm-hmm. Georgia played Oklahoma. Illinois is probably the highest-profile program that Georgia has not played uh, at this point. In football. In football. Yeah. And 
I think the only way it happens is, I think the joke I've made before, if Illinois has a dream season and Georgia has a nightmare season. And In the Vegas the Bowl, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that? Take a sidebar on that. Did you hear? Vegas Bowl, baby. I don't. Do I SEC, need to say more? The SEC is now now has a tie-in with the Vegas Bowl. Vegas. Tony, you've been asking for it for years. Vegas Bowl. That's all I need what, to say. Is it, is it the fourth bowl? Is it the... So it's, it's the part of the six-pack, which means it will be picked... After um, after the the New York New York the That's New the, Year's Six Championship okay. in the Citrus Bowl. So if and your then, team has a so disappointing it's season, it's the next. So it's it's so third, who's last year's team? Texas A and M. I see. It's it doesn't exactly work that way because there's okay. six of them. That the conference works with the bowl partners to slot in. Okay. The the problem and what what bothers me about this is like with it being the Vegas Bowl, I'm worried they're going to slot a West team in like they always did with for the longest time. Um, Cotton Bowl. Uh, the Cotton Bowl was that, that bowl where they always put a West team in. It was like, come on, guys. I'm going to go to Dallas. I'll go to Dallas. I'd rather go to Dallas than Orlando. Jesus, man. <laughs> so, but, you know, I, it's still it's on the list. And that's not a terrible consolation pride. I've been to Charlotte for bowl games. And, look, guys, I love you. I love all you Charlotte peoples. Pour one out for Robert Wolf. He's still alive. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's like he, are, you, he, are you alive, Robert? He, <laughs> he, he hosts a hell of a tailgate up there in Charlotte. But we, If he's listening, we just scare the crap Oh, he out. is listening. <laughs> Robert, are you alive? Are you alive, Robert? Just check. Just check your pulse but, right you know, now I mean, and make I mean, sure I that you're that alive. Was, I would rather go to Charlotte than Nashville. I mean, I'd rather go to Vegas than Nashville or Charlotte or – Amen. Tampa or Jacksonville. Detroit, so I think it's versus Pac Pac twelve. Also, yeah. there's sure. no goal tie-ins with yeah. Pac twelve. Yeah, seriously, Robert, you're alive. Just know that you are alive. Just nod, not the camera. Well, and the next question comes from Robert's brother Reagan um, at R H Wolf. He says, and we've kind of covered this, but I'm going to oblige his question and ask it. Does Kirby really care very little to nothing about Georgia, Florida? world's largest outdoor cocktail party tradition or is he using this as leverage to try to get recruiting rules changed so he can host recruits there if the rules can be changed how difficult will that be is it an ncaa rule we should have a big long discussion about this you know what here's what i think <laughs> I, I didn't want to just omit yeah, love this reagan, question. Love reagan you're really good at this yeah, yeah it's like yeah. he read our podcast yeah. before it happened you yeah, should send us more questions also <laughs> check and make sure your brother is alive if you don't mind <laughs> All right, this one comes from at Yagi Slayton. Oh, Patrick, Patrick. out in the Tucson, Patrick right? Patrick Yagi. Love to Patrick Yagi. He says, what's your over-under on getting 1,750 yards rushing from Swift and White this year? Combined? I guess so. Oh. Over. I ask because with Coley's apparent philosophy, giving Fromm more opportunities, a game, and the uncertainty about White's progress back from his surgery, I think it makes for a great stats question. I think it's over. Yeah, I think it's over. I, and here's the thing. Our offense is going to be something else. <laughs> a little, little teaser on what got, I think. You got real excited right there. I did. I did. <laughs> Someone just got a from boner. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote David Cross in uh, the great the great episode of Just Shoot Me, my pants are tight. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was pre-Never Knew, too. It that was. was. All right. Here comes another one from at Clem's Tweets. Is 2019-2020 a failure if UGA does not make the NCAA Hoops Tournament? I think that's a yes. Uh, it's early to say. Okay. I actually have a theory about this. Okay. It'll be very quick, I promise. Yeah. But this is the year where you figure out if Tom Crean, who is a better coach than Avery Johnson, but you find out whether he goes the Avery Johnson path or whether he's actually starting something really big. Avery Johnson brought in Colin Sexton, <clears> one <throat> of the, basically the equivalent of Anthony Edwards, to come in. And it turned out he's a starting point guard for an NBA team. It was a great thing. But they didn't even make the tournament that year. Let me interject one thing. Yeah. 
He brought out no one else. It yeah, was just Colin Sexton. That's true. That's true. But the thing is, is you get this awesome recruiting class once. And, and I don't know. It's hard to stack classes on top of each other if you're not making the tournament. These kids want to play in the tournament. Anthony Edwards is, a, is different because he is, A, obviously just one year. Be just down the road, like it is. Yeah. He, like, it, and that there's benefit for him to do that. What the way you stack classes on top of each other is to be able to prove that you can go to the tournament every year. I don't know. I would say right now, I'd say it's unlikely that they make the tournament. Oh. I think if Claxton came back, I think they would be favored to. It's hard, man. To like. Like Especially in the SEC now. It's hard in the SEC. It's hard to just have all of these freshmen come in and go to the tournament immediately. Like Edwards may be awesome. Some of these freshmen may be good by the Think about Ben years. Simmons at LSU. They didn't make it. They didn't make it. Kevin freaking Durant, they made the tournament, but they were like a nine seed. And Is that your dad? This is your dad. This is your dad! This is a real podcast now. <laughs> um, so I, the reason I said it remains to be seen is that there is absolutely a path where Georgia misses the NCAA tournament, but still has a really good season, right? Yeah. I mean, you could come out of the gates thirteen and thirteen and zero, or whatever the preseason is, but go eight and ten in the conference and just miss. It's also uh, worth knowing that they have that tournament in Hawaii over Thanksgiving. Yep, yep, yep. When you have that many freshmen, you might go zero and three. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, we, I mean, we could, we could. That's that's, that's what happened in Illinois last year. They went zero and three, and then they got the hot, tournament, and they got hot by February. But by then, it was too late. And yeah. that's what I was just about to say. You could also go, you know, nine and five in the preseason, and and go. Nine and nine, and just miss it, right? At eighteen and or Anthony Edwards is Trey Young, and then you have something amazing. You have something like, and to me, that's the fun part. Yeah, like that. I I think we should not assume that Anthony Edwards is Trey Young, and I think that's kind of that's a big assumption. That's a big assumption. I think everyone's kind of like going like, oh, we got the number one guy. He's just going to carry us. Doesn't actually doesn't even usually work that way. But if it does. It'll be really fun, but uh, I think it's gonna be fun either way. It's gonna be fun either way, but like the if he can make the tournament this year, there will be a lot of excitement because then he still has those other guys that are not Anthony Edwards, but are and are not one and dones, but still top recruits. Building on that will be an exciting thing, but uh, you know we'll 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 see. But if they don't make the tournament this year, it should not be a referendum that Crean has failed or he is already bringing players that like. Mark Fox, I love Mark Fox, coaching at Cal, by the way, still weird. Um, he brought in one of these guys, maybe two of these guys. Cream brought in four in one year. All right, so Clem is not done tweeting. No one's ever done tweeting. <laughs> he wanted to know what your favorite preview magazine for summer beach reading is. I'm an Athlon person. I like Athlon too. I'm generally an Athlon yeah. person. I, uh, I I mean I, I like Lindy's because they're a little more Southern centric, but I like Athlon. More. Uh, Athlon is I think the higher quality. Lindy's is better for like, your individual SEC yep. one, but Athlon, if you're looking for, they tend to have the best writers. They tend to have if you follow college football pretty regularly, that's where you'll see a lot of writers that you recognize is in Athlon. I like I have a soft spot as someone that used to work for the Sporting News. 
which are now Street and Smiths or whatever the preview that is. Yeah. But I, I remember being a kid and buying the Sporting News preview edition, college basketball, that had every team. They are much better about doing every team. If you're looking for the big teams, uh, Athlon or Lindy's the way to go. I think Athlon is the highest. Who's player. the guy with the mustache that does his own? Uh, Phil Steele? Phil Steele, yeah. yeah. Phil Steele, if you don't mind not being able to read whole swaths of it because yeah. there's no punctuation. Yeah. Uh, but Phil Steele is... In like a gay type. I have to say, that's not out yet, but I'll buy it when it comes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I quit buying those when the internet came along. But see, that's the thing, though. But it's great for... The, the, uh, that, that's still Clem, right? Yeah. yeah. That it's awesome beach reading. Like, I love reading a college yeah. football magazine <clears throat> at, like, over the 4th of July. Yeah. There's something kind of awesome and anticipatory. I might get one it. this year. Yeah, I've, it's... It's yeah, worthwhile. I mean, almost almost all the articles are easy seven, 12 minute reads. Yeah. And college football is a little easier because you generally have an idea yeah. of what the rosters are. This is a problem with like baseball preview magazines, particularly this year. The baseball preview magazines didn't even know what Bryce Harper was going to play. So it took like a lot of fun out of it. College football, you're probably getting a pretty good idea of what these guys look like. All right. Um, what is This is also Clem's tweets. With Father's Day, with Father's Day coming up, do you prefer to spend the day with the whole family or have some me time for yourself <laughs> to celebrate? Yeah. My wife and I have differing opinions. That's what he said. I find this curious actually because on Mother's Day every year, well, it's all we, about mom. We make we make breakfast mm-hmm. for my wife, and then we get the hell out of the house. Show off. And we get I, listen. It's like the one day a year I cook. Like I don't. There's nothing showing off about it. Last year I chopped my finger off trying. Remember I chopped like, the edge of my finger trying to make Mother's Day. Uh, that breakfast. sounds made up. That's true. It's true. Watch the Keith Hernandez episode of Alicia. You can see him commenting on. The point is, is for Father's Day. I feel like this is the difference, right? And I don't mean to ginger everything, but mom, generally speaking, I don't. It's not. It's not uh, 95 to 5 the way it was in the 50s. But I think we can generally argue it's probably above 50%. Oh, easily. So I think that the best gift that we can give mom on Mother's Day is to leave her the hell alone and go do something else. We went to Atlanta United game on Mother's Day this year, and she got the whole day away from all of us. She still on- talks about it, I'm sure, how yeah. great that was. Uh, yeah, whenever we're like <laughs> annoying her. She's like, remember that day where you weren't here? <laughs> Uh, whereas Father's Day, it feels like more of a, I actually want, like, there are times where I, I travel a lot. So I'm, I, there are times I don't get to be there. To have a day where I just get to solely be a dad uh, is, is very nice. Well, you know, my wife loves cooking so much. I just let her. And uh, that's. You like cooking too. No, that's actually not true. We were talking about that this morning. Um, it's not, she doesn't love, she does love cooking. I'm, I'm not great at sharing the kitchen. That's my problem. <laughs> you know, this year, like most years, we're going to the lake with my parents and hanging out with them. Um, so it usually ends up we're with one of, one set of parents or the other. So it's much less me time because I'm dragging kids around the lake on behind a boat. I think for me. Breaking the Blair Walsh rule. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, uh, my birthday is June 18th. Yeah. So a lot of times. Oh, yeah, it's mine's either, 22nd. Yeah. Mine falls Wait, on Father's June? Day. Yeah. Yeah, and this but year it's two days after Father's Day, so I I tend to like the whole get together everybody, 
And then I also make sure to say when my kids especially give me a gift, I'm like, you have another one too, don't you? Because <laughs> my birthday is two days from now. So I always stress that. And they my, get a, my kids they, have no idea that Father's <laughs> Day or my birthday's coming. <laughs> All right. So well, your birthday is June twenty second. Yes, sure. yeah, every I'm, year. I'm the 18th. I, don't know, I don't know why I had Scott's birthday by phone and not Waller's. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I am the host of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or the producer. Of I am. The I'm, I'm usually. Far, I'm usually far more. You're in the book. Quiet now. about mine. You're in the book now, man. Well, now not anymore. Everybody knows uh, just, your birthday's it's just twenty second. It it's yeah. kind of like Bernie Dog. One time he tweeted something about a birthday, and then he didn't realize it was in his Twitter handle or yeah. Twitter profile. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think he's got a. A question coming I saw up. It. I'm waiting for coming it. up. Waiting uh, for it. I'm loaded for bear. All right, at Jim Wood PMP, Jimmy. We've already talked about this, what, but I didn't want to omit Jim Wood, longtime podcast listener. What would each of you propose to fix the transfer rules? I'm still scratching my head over the Luke Ford decision. We already discussed it, Jim. Yeah, I like it though. We we should just have them produce our shows because yeah, know, right. Scary. Yeah, they know us very well. All right, next one uh, at Fear the Shaco. This is Captain <laughs> Pablo. Yeah, my man um, Paul. Mm-hmm. The red zone short yardage. Paul. No, different Paul. Different Paul. Different okay. Paul. Okay. The red zone short yardage issue plagued us all year in 2018. It am will the, not this year. Am I the only one worried about it? And does Kirby have a motivation problem? We were lackadaisical in the lead up to LSU and disinterested versus Texas. What gives? Um, I feel like those are two different, two different questions. Right. Sure. The first is I don't think we're going to have a problem in the red zone this year. Our offensive line is going to be. Tony's getting excited again. Yeah. My pants are he's, he's, my pants are tight. Yeah. Um, he just got a he just got a three hundred and fifty pounds three hundred fifty pound twenty year old. That's what he said. What? Um, because of offensive lineman. It's not an unfair question, one of which I don't have an answer to. When it comes to motivation, motivation. I mean, look, I, I, Texas. We, I'm sorry, I don't blame. Well, them well for we not being we, in we tend to forget. We do tend to forget. Kirby Smart's a three-year head coach, and, I mean, you know, you don't – I mean, there are some things you learn over time, and you, I, I'm not trying to make excuses for what happened with LSU or with Texas, but I, I think I'm with you when I say you can throw Texas out a little bit. Because, the anger about the Texas game is very rich people problems. Like, yeah, like yeah. It really I'm is. over it. Yeah, right. yeah. It's very like – come on. Did losing to Texas uh, yeah. really affect your life in any way other than that? They can that, talk smack to us now. Yeah, and that night kind that of That 10 was, to 9 thing is out the window. Yeah, and that game took forever, and it was an unpleasant evening. But otherwise— Uga almost died. Yeah. Yeah, that has actually Guys, we've, lo- we've lost bowl games in Memphis. We were yeah, in right. New Orleans. Yeah. Okay? All right, we'll move on. Where am I? Okay, at Sanders CJ— how different do you expect the offensive scheming to look under Coley? I'm having a rough time believing that the offense will look that different, which isn't all bad. I think we'll do two things very differently. The first, the first thing we'll do is we will throw the ball downfield more. Uh, I think the second thing we will do is that we will be, um, we are, we will be more willing to move the pocket around with from as opposed to doing uh, three and five step drops, quick pass, look and see why you have. It makes sense to me. I mean, there's a reason that people didn't freak out about him leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Tennessee was sure glad to have him up there. Yeah, but again, this is the thing, right? This, to bring it full circle to our earlier conversation, they were not excited to have him because they had great seats. They were excited to have them because they could say that they had it. 
Right? That's exactly. No, no, that's exactly right. right. Like, they yeah, were yeah, yeah. To say, we took we Georgia's from Georgia. We took Georgia's offensive coordinator. Yeah. He wanted to come here. Right. It's not like Georgia, like Tennessee, looked at Georgia's offense. You know like, what? Just well, drink your nat- be, just drink your natty light and shut up. Yeah, like like oh, they'd be falling apart without this and whatever. I think Cheney is generally under. I think he's a better coach than he's given credit for a lot of times by Georgia fans. I but mean, the idea. Tennessee's excitement about that was about getting a Georgia guy. Yeah. It wasn't about getting Cheney. I mean, pound for pound, Cheney's a very good offensive coordinator. Pound for pound. He's a lot lot of offensive coordinator. (laughs) I did see this tweet earlier, and I thought it was fantastic. Versus top 10 opponents? It's uh, Uncle Lou. Yeah. Versus Vanderbilt. They're 0-3 for the first time since the 20s. Tennessee, since 2007, versus top 10 opponents, their record is (laughs) 0-30. I mean, I, I here's my problem with top ten. That's actually worse than Illinois' record. Yeah, two thousand seven. That's <laughs> right. Is that, that two thousand seven was the year of was Illinois? The year of Ohio State. Yeah. Is that more about the Big Ten? Um, Ohio State went to the cost you guys a national championship game. That that's Anna Rose Bowl too. Is that ticket on this table? Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. can we, we need to talk about the table real well, quick. Well, let's let's ask. No, our, we'll, we'll do that. Let's talk, ask our nineteen okay, more questions. We'll we got uh, two more questions. Okay. Um, at no three, I'm sorry. At Elko Dog, he says, "Bringing the kids to the tailgate. What's the key to keeping kids happy at the tailgates?" <laughs> I mean, well, there are two ways to approach this. One, you can entertain the kids, and two, you can entertain yourself. Um, the trick is to get them old enough. Will's kids are the smallest, yeah. so so I mean, having having tailgated with kids everywhere from uh, six weeks up to mm-hmm. thirteen years old. I, I think the honest answer is indoctrinating them early and helping them understand that this, I mean, I, I'm fortunate. My kids are social um, where we tailgate. We have trees to climb in. We have roads to play in. Uh, we have, I, I don't let the kids play in the roads. They, but you, they you do have, climb trees, also right? You have hosted the tailgate for so long right, right. that there's an understanding of how this works. Right. And I mean, but you know, having a TV doesn't hurt being willing to put backyardigans on at nine 30 instead of <laughs> watching Tim Tebow pontificate right. about whatever it is he's pontificating about. You have to be okay with that. My oldest first game was the Ralphie game was the Georgia versus Colorado. My, I mean, Maggie, Maggie's first game was Georgia. Colorado. I mean, no, I'm sorry. No, UAB. Well, Jack's first game was uh, Matthew Stafford's first start. Right, right. That was UAB. Yeah. Um, uh, Charlie's, first first, Charlie's first, uh, Charlie's first game in Tailgate was Colorado. the the mir- the Joe Cox Miracle Game. So you know, my kids have been going. They've been doing this for a long time. You know, if you're just starting with a kid that's eight years old, I mean, yeah, you got to. I mean, part of the trick is is figuring out what to do to keep them occupied. It doesn't hurt to have kids their age close by. Yeah, and I, I am excited for. I remember one of the things I thought when I first moved here was how exciting it was. Uh, I grew up in a town that didn't have anything like <laughs> this at all, uh, and so the idea of when the boys are older, they're going to like go try to meet girls or boys, whatever, wherever, wherever they whichever two thousand nineteen. Um, and uh, I mean, I would have been okay with it ninety two as well, but yes, sure, and. Um, but I, I think the idea of like I want them to make their own tailgate experiences at some point yeah because uh, they're growing up with tailgates for me I like one of the reasons I know all of you well I guess I knew you before but Scott but like one of the reasons we're doing this now is because Tony kindly invited me to his tailgate when I first moved to town because he knew me from my deadspin stuff and I felt have always felt like I love this tailgate, but it's still like I didn't grow up in a tailgate world. So it always feels like novel and fun for me. My producer on my SI show is a diehard Notre Dame fan, and she is coming. Yes. I was going to ask. She is coming, and I can't wait 
to like show her the tailgates and show her the experience. But I didn't grow up with it. To grow up with it, to see my boys are going to grow up with it and know the tailgate thing is an exciting thing. I, I, and I, I want them, uh, it's a fun thing. And, I, and I'm, it's one of the things I'm most excited for them for. On our drive, you know, the, to, how many miles that we drove back from Laramie, our kids were talking, they were getting excited about tailgating. My oldest, Maggie, will be marching in the Oconee County sound of whatever they are, uh, marching band this year. So, which means we have obligations on Friday night now. Um, and so my son, Charlie was talking about, well, it's okay. Maggie never really helps set up the tailgate anyway. It's always Charlie uh, and Katie to a lesser extent, but I can tell you one of my favorite like, like visceral memories is if you watch when Heinz Ward came to the tailgate, um, there's a scene where they're talking to Heinz is talking to Wayne and I, but Maggie's literally leaning. I mean, Katie is literally leaning on the liquor table behind and my mom who um, my mom knows I drink now. Um, she, the first thing she noticed was Katie leaning on the table. Didn't notice the big, like the massive ball of maker's mark right there. And, but, but that, that brings up a thing. It's like, this is something my kids do. And part of the fun for them is seeing and being a part of this. Absolutely. So if you, the, the most important thing I could, I can encourage you to do is even if you're not in a position where you can come to the games, come to tailgates. Yeah. Um, and there is an argument to be made that the social experience of the tailgate is way more important than the games. Um, I, I don't hold that view, but you can make an argument that that is the case. I, this is the last thing I'll say on this. Uh, I just, I, well, I haven't talked about this very much, but I just finished a novel and my agent is going, we're going through the whole process right now. It takes place in Athens and tailgates are actually a big part of the book. Ooh, and a lot of it is, is about that kind of idea of there is this one day a week, seven, six or seven days a year where just everyone does. It's just a big, huge thing. And I feel like it should not be, glossed over as someone that grew up in a dirt Illinois town where there were no tailgates and there were nothing there was nothing like this whatsoever there was no collective experience like this that everyone all came together to do something it is to be appreciated and even if you get frustrated with the team or you're I'm so mad they haven't won that championship there's some like and this is what we talk about right when it's like November and nobody cares about that this year it won't matter because they've got they've got Texas A&M on that day but usually when they're playing Charleston Southern yeah. or whatever in November. I'm like, guys, you have to appreciate this because you're going to miss it. Right now, you told me right now that Georgia plays Georgia plays Charleston Southern and we're going to all have a tailgate about it. We'd lose our minds to do that if it were early, by the way. If it were not at 3.30, I think we'd all die uh, right now. But we miss it, right? We all miss that experience. I feel like it gets lost a little bit. Yeah, I've been taking all of my kids since they were not even able to walk. Yeah. And I think, I think the key word here to your question, Elko dog is indoctrinate them. Yep. Just show up and have the expectation. If you do end up going to the game or if you don't go to the game, just know that they're the barometer. I call my daughter who's eight. I still refer to her as the barometer on Saturdays. If she's with us, because when she calls it, she calls it and it doesn't matter how many dipping dots I've bought her or how, <laughs> how many, uh, you know, Shopkins I've brought with her and her little purse. You know, you just got to you can't walk in there and say, we're going to stay here for three hours or four hours. I think you just kind of got to let them dictate it. But the great thing is, if you bring them and even if you can only come once this fall, if you come again next year or or make it to two games, eventually 
they're going to look forward to that. And it's going to become one of those great flashbulb memories that just kind of resonates with their lives. And I'll go ahead and segue into the ticket um, table is that, that I have. Is that the last question? Yeah. No, we got two more. Sorry. Well, let's, let's hold off. Well, yeah. I was going to, I was going to talk about, I want to, I just have so much love for this table. Okay. It's okay. amazing. All right. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to yeah. table it. Uh, okay. Cause, uh, table but table. I'm going to finish my thought on the table yes, uh, with I w- that. Please hold it. Okay. Cause I, I, this, I've been staring at this. <laughs> okay. It's incredible. All right. And this one's from Bernie dog. He says, how much does our run defense improve this fall? Okay. But not consistent in 2018. Will better depth on interior get us through that November gauntlet? I think that's the idea, right? Is that like you, you hope the, so? The, you're supposed to stack. Cla- the reason you stack classes on top of each other is for stuff like this. You're not stacking classes to figure out quarterbacks. You're not stacking classes to figure out your quote unquote skill positions. You're stacking classes because you've got a <laughs> bunch of big dudes in the middle doing stuff that should theoretically be better in year four than it was in year one or two. My thought is, is we'll feel much better about it in November than we will in September. Um, Which is the case last year. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, our, our, our defensive line is probably the, I mean, you can't use the term question mark, but if, if I mean, I guess tight ends, but I mean, if you were to say on defense, where are you most worried about? It's defensive line. I also think we have enough talent and enough coaching that four or five games in, we start to figure out what works and what doesn't. And we become really, really good at making people get outside their comfort zone and run the football. All right. So last question, this comes from who dog. It's not a question. It's a comment. Okay. So, and I, I like this comment and there's a, there's a, it's two parts. Do I have to review a movie now? No. He says not only the wrong podcast. He, somebody was talking, you know, there was a podcast thread. I think it was with Logan Booker or something. And somebody commented on, and I can't, I apologize for not remembering the thread, but, uh, who dog chimed into the, the Twitter thread said, not only is waiting since I started podcast, my favorite UGA podcast, but definitely my son's favorite. When I asked him the other day to play anything he wanted in the car, he asked for WSLS. Your and son's my favorite kid. So I reached out to him and I said, well, we'd love to give your son a shout out. And How old so, is he? I don't know. <laughs> but He's 24. His, his He's son's 78. name. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to Cal. Cal. Cal is a big Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast fan. And he asked his dad to put it on Waiting Since Last Saturday. Even though we haven't recorded a show in 52 days. He still wanted to hear probably the Missouri preview show. I don't know. That's awesome. I Cal, that. you're awesome. Thanks. Yeah, For the so. record, however, do not get in the habit of listening to our old preview shows because we will seem very wrong. Because sometimes everything. we're wrong. <laughs> and by wrong, we mean yeah. don't listen to them. Definitely don't listen to the – to me, the, the prime example of this is the preview of the Georgia-Alabama game here at uh, – 2015. The, yeah. The, to, to this day, the last time that Alabama was not favored – in a game that will, I suspect, if Alabama and Clemson play each other in a national championship that changes. this year, that will change. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this table. Yeah, so, dude. Yeah, I am. Um, so, how many tickets do you have? I don't know. I didn't count. You should make a number. I've on. just been. I've been keeping them since 1997. Okay. I'm mad that I didn't keep any in 94, 95, 96. It's really cool. It is wonderful. This is. Uh, I've talked before about the site sportspassport.com, uh, yeah. which allows you to log in every game you've ever been to. And this is, it's fine. I talked to my dad, I told my, told my dad about the site. He's like, oh, awesome. I have all of these old ticket stuff. I'd love to be able to fit them all in. What? And, and, and we did. We put them, it was, I didn't even know my dad collected them. We live in an age now where every, like, 
I have to say, I don't remember the last time other than a Georgia football or basketball game where I, where I were season ticket holders that you had a physical ticket. Everything is on your phone. Everything's through Ticketmaster. Everything's through Step Up. And I get it. It's convenient. It's, it saves the fear of losing your tickets on the way there. It's on your phone. You're going to have your phone with you no matter what. But you are losing something by not having that. And I feel like this table is an incredible testament to that. I'm looking over at the 1995 Peach Bowl. Yeah. I'm yeah. fond of that one uh, over there. There's so many good ones on here. There's baseball games. Here is Georgia Southern from 2015. Here is Cubs Nationals on day after the 4th of July. Yeah, we were up in D.C. Uh, back, back when it was okay to like America. Um, a Georgia South Carolina student, t- old school student ticket from '97. Yeah, I remember these. Yeah, no, those are the good ones. Yeah, they, no frills, just paper. Wow, those could have been easily reproduced. I used to get into games with a ticket from the previous week. Yeah, yeah, you know, because nobody nobody checked back then. Yeah, I like this ticket over here, Georgia Kentucky, with a picture of Rick. Yep, I feel like that's his that's own. A pass. And I put as the centerpiece the thing to start it all because I built it out from the inside in as this one that was kind of a commemorative oh, the ticket. Commemorative Georgia Tennessee game with Vince yeah. Dooley uh, from yeah. Tennessee. Well, I the forget Peach what Bowl year. from '95. Yep. I got my master's badge, which master's was a badge, Tiger yeah. winning it on Saturday in '97 yeah. on were Sunday. You, were you there? I was there on Sunday. In 1997, when he won his first I Masters. I didn't know that. Yep. I have to say, as a, as a golf columnist, uh, I'm <laughs> that is amazing. I did not know that you were there. 96 NLCS. Wow. That is Michael well, Vick's first game ever. That was a preseason game uh, against the Steelers. Wow. Oh, I mean, I tell you, this is... This is something. It's really neat. It really is a cool thing, and uh, this is good. I'm curious. We want people to tell us uh, uh, about the acoustics because we're in a different part yeah. of the room. So let us know if the acoustics feels different or more echoey. Uh, because um, uh, I the carpet is over there, and we're yeah. not on carpet anymore. But this table is absolutely gorgeous, and I love it's it. really cool, Scott. Well, and to finish on the whole tailgating thing that I was going to get into. As I was putting this together with Jack, he's my 13-year-old, and we started realizing as we got into the 2010s, 2011s, he was like, oh, I remember this game, and then he would tell a story about it, and that's what it's all about. It's tangible, and that's why you bring your kids to the games, because I didn't realize that he was absorbing all of that, and then he does, and he recalls it by just seeing the ticket or when I kind of told him kind of a little bit what happened. So that's what it's all about, bringing your kids to the games. And it's something that I do think that we lose uh, by not having those physical tickets. By losing tickets, tickets. yeah. Yeah. I'm looking over. There's the Georgia-Boise State over there. Yeah, I put wins and losses in there, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) That was a fun one. Yeah, you'll have to take a look. So when was that? That, When was the Georgia? 12? Well, there were two 11. times. They 11. played them twice. Yeah. The twice. one they lost was the that was 11. 2011. That was 11 or 11, yeah. Yeah, I was, I, oh, that, God. that was the t- first time I realized how much my wife would destroy things in our home. That's right. Yeah. To Georgia that was when they wore those terrible uniforms, Dude, too. Dude, I, I have a whole story. I, that, that walk back to the Marta station got really dark. <laughs> wow, did it get dark. Yeah. So, there were 6 and 6 that year. Is that the year they were 6 and 6? No, 11? Uh, that was. They went zero and two to start because they yeah, lost to South yeah, Carolina the next week. Three, I think they finished. They, out they strong, rallied. Right? No, that was when they they lost the first two and they won ten in a row. Okay, yeah, and then yeah. lost at the end to somebody. Yeah, Can't LSU remember. maybe, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a that's a not a terrible uh, podcast story I have to tell later. But uh, yeah, the walk to the Marta and stand on the Marta platform. Mm. Man, that was a wow, uh, there's the two thousand three Georgia Alabama SEC championship. Game Man, no, 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 no. 
Is that SEC? Yeah, it is. Okay. No, no, that's a, you're right. Sanford. No, that's yeah. Oh, that's SEC champions. Yeah, sorry. No, that's the man enough game. Yeah. That no, that great. was the year before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the one. Point is, save your ticket stubs when you got. Save your ticket stubs, guys. The O two game was that the was that the sleet game? What November? That was um, Eli's uh, two thousand two. Oh, Ole Miss. Yeah. Gosh, I don't remember. Yeah, I still have my ticket. I save all my tickets. I have too, but. Uh, we all talk about our first. Uh, this is the type of table that makes you think about your first game. Yeah. And my first Georgia game, football game, was Georgia LSU. Wow. Like crazy. Uh, you uh, set the bar really yeah, high. Yeah, it was an amazing. And game day was here. Yeah. And it was. I got. I got tickets from my friend David Hershey. Like that was my first ever Georgia game, and it was amazing. And I. I has, has there been a better game at Sanford since then? Certainly not as loud. Um, I feel like Notre Dame, if they get crazy, I think so. That, that, I mean, the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game has potential to yeah, be that. Yeah. I mean, hell, what if Texas A and M gets on a real good run next year? Yeah. That could be that uh, game. Uh, also, yeah, could be. people are referring to it as the gauntlet, and it very well might be the gauntlet yeah. of November. Yep. But, so. All right, gents, it's good to be back. I missed you guys. Yeah, we're gonna do this more often. We well, should. Well, trust me, you're not going to say that come October. You're going to be sick of looking at my stupid face. I don't October, see how that's possible. So, we'll, uh, well, I mean, it is pretty handsome, but we'll we'll be back. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited for us to get going, man. This is uh, this is uh, we. I figure we're probably we're not in the weekly mode yet to any stretch of the imagination. Nope. We're just kind of still in. Check I'd like in to mode. get another one done in June yeah. at some point. Yeah, June. June we got time. Yeah, June or 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 even early July. And then, uh, and then uh, it gets. Once down. we get to early July, though, man, we're only a couple weeks from oh, spring we're practice. Yeah, we're SEC uh, media days. What was the thing? They, what did they do in San Simons? What was that? What was that? It was just like the SEC in meetings. Destin's? Yeah, the SEC meetings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right, right. Which they announced the the uh, kickoff times for yes. uh, Vandy. First three. Uh, Vandy, uh, Murray State, and Arkansas. Murray State's a 4 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, 4 o'clock Arkansas noon. State's right. at noon, which I think is awesome. You it's, get your first home game yeah. when you're going to – the field will be dedicated yeah. to Vince Dooley yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, you know, you got a 4 o'clock get great tailgate. And then Arkansas State – the it gets the, your come down game. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, because then you have an off week, and then you get – no – off weeks after Notre Dame. So, yes, the come down game before yeah. Notre Dame. So, because yeah. Notre Dame's going to be in that game. Oh, so, so the That's going to be so nuts. The first three home games at Georgia are 4 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then also Vanderbilt's a night game. That's right. Which is kind of wild. So, it's not the Thursday game that they wanted it to be, but it's the. Uh, that was Kirby Smart wanted it to be. Yeah. But it's wow. the, well, it's next, next year it opens on uh, Labor Day night. So, because that's, that's Virginia, yeah, right? That's yeah. Virginia. UVA in Atlanta. But we'll talk about that in some future podcast. No, we will never discuss that game. This is probably never last come up. chance. All right, gents. Uh, good to be with you. We'll be back. Uh, enjoy the rest of your summer, America. And uh, go dogs. Go dogs. Click. Did you hit save? I did. Well, not yet. <laughs> I will. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with another show either by the end of June or early July. And once July hits, you'll be able to listen to new Wait Until Last Saturday podcast episodes on a more regular basis. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. We're doing a daily countdown as we get closer to kickoff. And many of the tweets thus far have generated a lot of interest. Our handle on Twitter is at WSLS Podcast. And as you heard Will or Tony mention in the episode, there are a few podcast t-shirts left. 
we're not making any more of the edition that we produced last year, and we'll have some new items in the store hopefully this fall. So yeah, eventually these shirts on hand will be considered vintage collector's items to just a select few people. (laughs) I'm joking, but they're good shirts anyway. Enjoy your summer vacations, and let us know what preview magazine you're reading at the beach, and we'll see you on campus this fall as Georgia football begins their 2019 march towards the SEC title. Go dogs. Are we on? Or yeah, we're on. I'm just trying to monitor the 13. Are you staying? Oh, we have an audience. Okay. Live studio audience. You know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I have to say, that, I mean, no offense to you, uh, whatever <laughs> your name is. Um, but um, the, uh, when I listen to a podcast, a lot of times podcasts will do live shows. Sure. And I tend to not like them as much. I agree. Because when I listen to a podcast, to me, a large part of the fun of the podcast is it feels like you are in the room, and they're talking while well, people are having a conversation, and they're talking specifically to you. Right. And so when you hear an audience, A, that illusion is destroyed and B I found generally speaking hosts when they have an audience the people on the podcast tend to play to the audience they'll yeah. do like kind of like wacky jokes John Dickerson who I think is awesome is famous on the Slate Political Podcast he's very normal and but very very buttoned up and very straight laced but then you get a crowd in front of him and he turns into like any Goodman and just starts doing a bunch of jokes I'm like no no no, no. I like you more when you're not playing to a crowd so the point is whatever this kid's name is I'm going to throw him out of here uh, in the next uh, 10 to 15 minutes I think it's worth you just have random children that come by your home <laughs> is this part of the new studio space it is uh, it is just, we can talk about that yes. and the dog <laughs> I'm just kidding by the we way no no but I subscribe <laughs> to your theory Jack I'll, we'll get you in here when it's Jack, your part that's what it is that's what it is no Jack, offense Jack, 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 Jack. no offense yeah. say goodbye to our audience hey, make sure you take the dog with you no taco was oh, like cl- I definitely don't want the dog and no close barking. and I'll, close the door I'll take Jack before I'll take the dog taco get out <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Mark Riggs lost control of the podcast guys <laughs> Tony just walked toward the dog the dog famously the, the dog, dog hates Tony and he's down here with him hey taco and I we've come a long way in our relationship it's not like we have a special bond now. <laughs> the great part about it is like the very probably one of the first times I ever went over to your house over in the east side of Athens. Yeah. I walked in and Taco comes running in and I stop and break down. And Taco breaks down and then pees himself. <laughs> like immediately. Um, thank you. Thank you for using Taco as the code name for me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and for what it's worth, Taco weighs six pounds. It's Batman Chalupa. Mm-hmm.